sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right. Hey there, welcome. Okay, so this is what happens when <laughs> we do a different streaming computer, which is what we did. So I, it's like it's almost like going back to square one and starting over again because I'm trying to figure out if I am doing the right thing. And I, I did, I connected everything up, but then I hit play on the preview and that audio was streaming in and that's what you were hearing, the double of everything. So uh, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to be here and glad I see Bill. Bill is in the chat room. So the only stream that's actually going right now besides the podcast is right here on StacyOnTheRight.com. And so let's let's just have some housekeeping stuff here. If you heard intro music, that means we have finally solved our issue that we were having, which was I'm on the I can see myself on yesterday's YouTube video. I went back and watched the first few minutes. I'm just jamming away to the intro music and you guys couldn't hear anything. That did not come through to YouTube. So first of all, does my voice sound like it's almost booming? I need to turn it down a tad because we finally got our microphone in and you know, cause we're in the process of trying to do uh you know, the whole thing on our own. <laughs> so we have this going on. Um, and someone's saying that we're, our, our volume is out of sync with who we are, like, or the face. Okay. Just keep, keep on, stick with us. Don't, don't, don't dive bomb out. Um, that should adjust itself. Oh, okay. So good. We've got, um, Noah. So Noah Chalaya is producing the show and he is in the chat room right now chatting with you guys. So he's going to keep you guys up abreast of what we're doing. Um, and we do have something that we have to replace here that will help with syncing me back up with the audio. But it also means you guys are going to get to call in. So let me give you that number right now. Uh, guests of the show today, well, it's you. 866-766-1776. 866-766-1776. That's how you can call in and join the show. Now, um, let's do... Uh, like I said, we'll do a little bit of housekeeping. First of all, what's on the show today? Well, we have the encouragement. We're going to be talking about uh, Bernstein accusing President Trump of igniting a Cold War and Wrong Path McGrath. You heard it here first. Mitch McConnell, uh, leader McConnell, has actually, he's ready. He's, he's fast on the uptake. Mitch McConnell is not going to allow this uh, upstart Marine combat veteran. She flew jets. I mean, she's pretty impressive, but she wants to run hard to the left of Mitch McConnell in a state that went for Donald Trump by double digits. It's not going to work. She launched her campaign today. He launched a website with her name in it called wrongpathmcgrath.com. And so we're going to get into that as well. Um, we are also going to be chatting about how quitting alcohol may improve your mental well-being and health-related quality of life and how they've actually studied and found, and this is, this is not judgment time, guys. I have drank alcohol in the past. I don't actually drink alcohol now because I decided to abstain to, just to see if I could. And um, I can. <laughs> but it, this study is so fascinating. When I was reading it, I was thinking people should know this because drinking alcohol is a choice. And if you don't have a problem with alcohol and you drink it strictly for pleasure or whatever reason, um, it's, this is not an indictment or, or me telling you you have to quit. But I thought it was fascinating information. And then the title of the show, obviously, today is Scary Details on California's New K-12 through Sex Ed Curriculum. And let me tell you something, okay? Let me tell you two, three, two things. The K-12 through sex ed curriculum that's coming out of California is so disgusting, we're going to have trouble discussing it here on air. And I'm a grown woman. I'm married with kids. So obviously, you know, I shouldn't have trouble discussing this, but I'm going to have trouble discussing this with you. I'm going to do it because it's needed, but I just want you to know going in, I, this is not my topic. This, this is, I, I never would want to have to discuss this with you and I would never want in my, just in my nightmares, I would never imagine that this would be something they would teach children. And we all know what children are. They're little innocents. They're just running around happy, go lucky, just glad to be alive. And they're going to be taught stuff. Oh, okay. So, um, let's first go into our encouragement and I, oh, before I get to that, I have something I want to do today officially on the podcast, on the show, and that is a huge shout out to Noah Chalaya, who literally has been arm in arm with me standing this show up for the past week. 
and he's getting he's getting nothing out of this except he says it's the pleasure of doing this because he loves doing this kind of stuff. And all I can say is glory to God and thank God for him sending Noah into my existence because I literally the first message he ever sent me, I didn't even know I needed Noah Chalaya. Now I know I'm so blessed to have him helping me with this program. So I have to give credit where credit is due. We would not be sitting here streaming to you and doing all this fantastic stuff without his assistance. And he has been amazing. And I am utterly grateful, eternally grateful for the assistance that he's provided. And we are so excited to have him on board. And you'll be hearing Noah. Actually, Noah, could you say hi to the listeners? Just let let them hear your voice. Hey, how are we doing? (laughs) So that's Noah. And that's how he always is. He always sounds like he's just coming back from, I don't know, like... Um, eating cotton candy or riding uh, go-karts or whatever thing you like to do. He always sounds like he's just fresh back from doing that. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, well, <laughs> I'm a little more iffy. So you, let's... You yeah. you actually have a caller. You want to put him on the air? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Here's your it's first... the first caller of the Stacey on the Right Show Digital. You're on the air. Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, Stacey. Hi. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Hello. Uh-oh. I'm, Can I'm you hear me? I'm great. Okay. <laughs> Who, what's your name, caller? Smoke Matthews. Smoke! <laughs> oh, thank you for calling the show. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. Okay. I saw uh, I saw a message pop up on uh, the chat, and I didn't know if if you wanted us to call you call in or what. So that's why I did it. I don't have anything to talk about, but I don't oh. I can't see you anymore. Uh oh. You know, I, I can't see you anymore. Yeah, I mean, everything here on my end, it said it could not play video. Oh, okay. So that's on your end because we have, uh, no, it's, we're not, we're not live on Facebook, are we? No, I'm oh, okay. So if you're watching on Facebook, right. oh, are you talking about my, on my uh, blog? I have it up. I can see yeah. it. They on the right. Yeah, I have it up. I can see it there. Refresh. I need to log back in again. Yeah, you might need happens. to refresh your um, browser so you can get the because we're we're definitely up over there. I have it open here and on the other computer as well. But anyways, you know what? It's okay. great to hear your voice. I don't think we've ever talked. <laughs> we have not. Oh, okay, so you have to call in again, obviously, when you have comments. Okay. I will. Most okay. Certainly. All right. <laughs> awesome. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Oh, you guys, that was so cool. So smoke. He's been just so active in the chat room over on YouTube um, and he's made friends over there and he, and he's even emailed like sometimes he'll find a story and he's like, have you seen this? And he'll email it to me. Um, so so good to talk to him. He's amazing. And he's a, a, a supporter of the program. So we're so grateful for him. All right, let me do the encouragement. And I actually don't know how much time I have left in this segment because I'm a little off on my timing, but I want to get to the encouragement because this was Okay, perfect. I have enough time to get through the encouragement today. So today's encouragement is, I titled it, What to Do About the Petty Annoyances and Grievances of Life. So if you think about the comparisons between us and um, sheep in the Bible, many times we are called the sheep and our shepherd is Jesus Christ. And he cares for us in the same way that a shepherd cares for his sheep, his flock. And so something that flocks of sheep have to deal with, as all livestock and animals have to deal with, is that they have to deal with... um, It's like bugs, flies, you know, things like that. And what the shepherd will do is he'll see the onslaught coming. He knows that that these are these these kinds of annoyances are um, there. These kinds of annoyances are seasonal. So what he'll do is he will take oil, linseed oil, different kinds of oil, sometimes sulfur, whatever, and he will anoint the head of the sheep with it and it will keep these gnats and flies and bees and whatever from annoying the sheep so that they can't just rest. And so these petty annoyances that I'm talking about are akin to the the kind of petty annoyances and grievances that sheep go through when the the swarm of little gnats that want to lay eggs in their noses and, you know, grow things that, that, you know, crawl up into their heads and make them slam their heads into uh, anything they can find, like trees and stuff. And sometimes they'll even kill themselves because it's so, they can't stand it. It's the same thing with us. But what are the petty annoyances and grievances that we face? Well, first of all, the verse I'm talking about is Psalm 23, 5. You prepare a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Okay, so first off that, you anoint my head with oil. What we're looking for is the anointing of the Holy Spirit where he actually, he 
takes care of our petty annoyances and grievances. And you may, as soon as I say petty annoyances or grievances in your mind, you might already have um, an idea of who is who or what is your petty annoyance or grievance. And if that's the case, then this is perfect because you might think, okay, you know, I'm having marital difficulties or my kids are having trouble in school or my kid is having a difficulty that I can't just in the natural. It doesn't look like it's solvable. I'm taking that to the Lord, right? But this is more the little stuff. This is not those big major issues because as Christians, we usually will run straight to the cross with those. We'll usually say right off the bat, oh my goodness, I am so like overwhelmed by this problem. I'm going straight into my prayer closet or I'm calling my prayer buddy or my prayer partner and we're going to pray over this. But when it's the little things, we almost feel guilty. We almost feel like we can't bring those things to God. That's not how he wants us to see him. He is our shepherd, which means when we have, you know, basically the little gnats and flies or whatever, the little tiny things that are annoying us to the point of distraction so that we can't rest, that is prime time, straight to the father type stuff you're supposed to be doing right there. Romans 8, 1 through 2 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So we readily go to God with our big issues, but with our little issues, we're like, eh. God wants to help us cope with petty, peevish, annoying problems. And you can cross problems out and put people. Sometimes it's the people who are driving us nuts. So, but we have to ask God's help. We can simply say right in that moment, it's not like we have to, I mentioned calling your prayer buddy or your prayer partner, and that's great. But what I'm also talking about is let's say it's something that's annoying you and you realize right in that moment, I feel like I'm going to lose it. I just, I can't, I can't handle this. That is the moment in which you can say, Holy Spirit, take the wheel. I I'm so annoyed right now. I just need peace. I need peace that passes all understanding and he will do it. This isn't Stacey Washington, Stacey on the right, you know, righteously American me. This isn't me writing anything, making anything up. This is not me opting you into something that, you know, is, is like man-made or human thought up or something I dreamed about last night. This is God's word that tells us that he anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows, which coincidentally in Biblical times, when people need were traveling, they would stay with strangers. And so they would go into a town and they would inquire if anyone had room for them to spend the night. And it was common for people to have you to eat. And while you were eating, they would kind of be evaluating you and saying, this, these people can stay overnight. Now, I, I learned this from a, a friend at Bible study who did, she did some in-depth study into the culture of biblical times. And what they would do was instead of saying, yeah, you can spend the night, you and your family, or no, you can't. What they would do is you would ask for another glass of water or wine. You would ask for a refill and they, the the host or hostess would come over with the pitcher. And when they poured into your glass, if they left room in it, that meant that you were welcome to eat and finish your meal, but afterwards you needed to move on. If they poured into your glass and it overflowed, it meant that you were welcome to spend the night. So that is what that refers to in um, in, in Psalm 23, 5, where it says, my cup overflows. So the table, it says, you prepare a table before me. That is a reference, a direct reference to how sheep herders will take their sheep through the valley and up into the tablelands, which are known all over the world as mesas. And the tablelands are where they can find sweet, succulent grass. And it's it's really the summertime where they get to spend time uh, in the tablelands. And then they come back down and they spend the remainder of the winter and, and other times they, they're not in the tablelands. So it says, you prepare a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies, the sheep herder goes ahead and makes two or three trips with salt and he salts the some choice areas of the table and he pulls out all of the um, different things like kamias. They're, they're a plant that are poisonous. If sheep eat it, they die. So he pulls those out and burns them. He salts some of the areas so, and he looks to see we'll, we'll be spending you know, nights here. We'll be spending nights there. He finds the choicest gra- grazing areas for the sheep. You prepare a table before me on the mesas, salting it, preparing it for me. Even in the presence of my enemies, the enemies are the coyotes and, and cheetahs and they would come down and really just cause havoc in the flock and then, you know, kind of 
run out. So God is warding off your enemies. He's preparing a choice table for you to eat and to rest in. He's anointing your head with oil to keep the petty grievances off you. And his cup is overflowing for you, meaning you get to spend the night because you're family. What's better than that? We'll be right back. Jill, why didn't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hey everybody, Rachel Ray here. Nothing brings a bigger smile to my face than cooking up a big meal for the whole family and lots of friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in our country who struggle with hunger. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids. But they can't do it without your help. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Hey there. Welcome. Welcome back to the program. Um, I want to say thank you so much uh, to those who are in the chat room over at StaceyOnTheRight.com. I love the fact that we now have a live stream there. It has been so fun watching that come together. Um, I will be doing a little bit more tweaking to the site. It doesn't look the way that I want it to look, but it's functioning well. And that's the primary goal for just, just getting, getting through these first couple of weeks, two, three weeks where we're changing equipment and we're making a lot of different, um, it's like adjustments, if you will. And the adjustments and learning curve are actually working out for our good. Like they, they're totally working out. And, um, I've just been it's kind of marvelous to get to learn all of this and to know all of this um, and then to see it in action, even with the kind of glitches and mistakes that have happened, because um, we'll be looking back on this in a year, hopefully, and we'll be going, remember that time, you know, <laughs> you know kind of like that. It's just um, the same way I kind of look back on when I first started broadcasting and I was filling in, uh, I would fill in for, well, at the time it was Tony Katz. That was my first fill in ever was for Tony Katz. And I can tell you what. Well, no, that was my first fill in on 97.1. No, that, I think that was my first fill in anywhere. Yeah. Either way, 
it was the first film I remember where I, yeah, I had to make a show sheet and I was working with him on that. And, and I tell you what, it was like stepping into a whole new world. And, you know, I'm sure if I listened to it today, I'd think, oh, that's kind of rough. Like it's, it's, it's probably not as good as I thought it sounded then, but it was certainly a good program and a lot of people enjoyed listening to it. Um, and so it, I'm hoping it's the same for you here now um, with this, that we are going to be able to, you know, just kind of look back on this and laugh. Um, in just a minute, we're going to be able to show you the chat room live on the screen. We're going to put that up so you can take a look at it. And as we get further into this, we're going to have a lot more things that we'll be able to share with you on the screen on the live stream. Um, For those who are listening to the podcast, I also want to say, hey, shout out to you. Thanks so much for being here. Um, And thanks for downloading the show and sharing it. You can always tweet it out, tweet the link out, um, tell people you are, um, you know, tell people what you're doing. Like if you enjoy the show, let them know. Um, and especially if people are asking you, I wonder what happened to Stacy because I'm still getting those emails. Um, and it's actually really nice to get them because it means that people actually notice that I'm not there anymore. So that has been fantastic. And I'm super excited about having that. Um, so now let's see. First off, I want to get to Noah. Can we go to um, cut one? This is Bernstein of Woodward and Bernstein talking about Trump igniting a cold civil war and that journalists have to explore why so many people support Donald Trump. We need to start connecting these dots. What do people in the country think of this and why do they think and support him? Uh, No matter what he does, no matter how outrageous seemingly his conduct is. We've got some real reporting to do uh, that we need to make our table bigger in terms of our repertorial landscape and get out of the political weeds. So they're not in the political weeds. Can, Can we just admit that they actually don't know what Americans want? He says they have to figure out and explore why so many people still support Trump no matter what. Could it be because they're deceived and they actually believe things that aren't true? And because of their deception, they have no understanding of what regular Americans. Look, I heard uh, or actually didn't hear. I read this morning. um, There was this piece about how there's this uh, 40 percent of Americans still aren't satisfied with their job. Well, isn't that the case? No matter who's the president, there's a huge percentage of Americans who aren't satisfied with their job prospects or or what they're doing meaning they want a promotion, they want a raise, they want a bonus, they want more vacation time, or they want more hours. Part of the reason why a huge segment of America's population that's working, and we have the largest labor force participation rate right now than we've had in just modern era, um, the reason that people are dissatisfied is because if you're working any kind of part-time situation, you literally cannot um, have more than 28 hours a week. So the fairness in that is just not, it's not there. If you're hired on and you're told that part-time is 32 hours a week, then you should be able to work 32 hours a week. Am I right? That lady says, am I right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you should be able to work 32 hours a week. And then you should be able to pick up a couple of shifts. Um, But people can't do that. And I know this for a fact. I'm not, I'm not talking out of the, the side of my neck here. I know this is true because we have two college-age kids who are working part-time jobs, and their bosses have told them they can't, they can't schedule them for 32 hours. They can only schedule them for 28. Now, the kids can pick up extra shifts and work extra hours, but they can't go any more on the schedule, right? Um, so it's kind of crazy. Um, so th- again, Talking Snake Media has bought their own They've not only mixed the Kool-Aid up, they bought the Kool-Aid, mixed it up with with, uh, swamp water, and they've been drinking it so long that they're no longer sick. They are so drunk on it, they can't comprehend that the rest of us are just not okay with it. We Not only are we not okay with what they're putting down, we recognize that they're lying to us and trying to deceive us and, and control us. And so he's saying what we need to do is figure out why so many people, you don't have to figure anything out. You could just look Look around someplace else besides your own little echo chamber and we'll tell you exactly what we're voting for Donald Trump and we support him because of last last week on what was that Thursday? Uh, Jet screaming overhead, tanks all up in the Washington Mall. And I don't know how many hundreds of thousands, maybe a million people packing that place from side to side, front to back, just enjoying the fact that we're Americans. You know, it is it is not a bad thing 
when God has given you something great that you celebrate it and say thank you. In fact, gratitude is the order of the day. God calls us to be gracious and gratitude, full of gratitude towards him because he is gracious to us. We are supposed to acknowledge the blessings that he's given to us. We're supposed to call upon the name of the Lord in our time of distress. And we are supposed to exalt the name of the Lord, whether we're distressed or not distressed. But especially in the good times, we are supposed to uplift his name and be grateful for what he has given to us. And if you don't understand that America is the greatest gift besides salvation, then you're not awake right now. I want to knock on your head. It's probably a block of wood. I want you to come up out of that and and acknowledge with us that we've got something fantastic going on here and we're blessed. And, you know, if that means we got to get a couple of tanks out and let some jets scream overhead and let some fancy pilots make patterns in the sky with their after, you you betcha. Let's do it. Let's get that going right away. Um, I hope he plans on having another one. Like I don't, so this time, we're just not traveling this summer. We have too much going on. Um, the kids are working and they're taking classes over the summer. And so we're so busy. We couldn't, even if I'd wanted to, I couldn't have made it to DC for that. But next year, you know, my little eyeballs are already, I'm looking, I'm like, oh man, hmm. Yeah. I could possibly be getting to DC. You know, we have family there. We could be getting to DC next summer for that. And then the jets will be screaming overhead and it'll be just like the good old days when I was on active duty at Eglin Air Force Base and I would get up, go to the chow hall, get dressed, go to to my work. And I worked on the flight line. And so the pilots, sometimes I would get in at 7, 7.30, they'd already be up in the air. But other times I would get there and someone would say they're getting ready to go. This is this is what it's like when you work on the flight line. And so we would just, you know, grab our cup of coffee and stroll out to the we had an overhang between the two buildings. And we would stroll out there and we would just stand there, just lean up against the side of the building or sit down at the picnic tables under the overhang and watch the jets take off. And we could smell the JP-8. And I don't know what JP they're up to now or if they're still using JP-8, but we could smell the JP-8. And we'd crack little jokes because, you know, we were young. I was single back then. I used to wear my little black nail polish and my very, very shiny, my boots were shined to perfection. My little crisply, uh, the, the dry cleaner would press my BDUs until they were flat and they were like paper. And when I would put my legs into the pants, they would crunch. <laughs> And you put your belt in. And so we, you know, we'd all have on our same, all of us the same, wearing our BDUs or our dress blues. We'd be sitting or standing under the overhang, cracking jokes about the smell of JP8 in the morning. That's freedom. The sound of jets screaming overhead, that's freedom. We'd be out there talking trash. And then one of our bosses would say, so that's all we're here to do is talk trash about jets or are we going to get some work done? And then we would go back in (laughs) and work because we were young, you know? So there's, there's, it doesn't get much better than that, to quote my uncle who lives in Kentucky and loves to, when he goes outside on the long walk and he walks for an hour and a half and he'll post something on Facebook, it doesn't get much better than that. Kentucky, 88 degrees, walking outside, green grass, parks, and, you know, uh, lemonade. He'll go inside and have uh, uh, Arnold Palmer. And so I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely encouraged by the fact that Donald Trump recognized that as Americans, especially after a two year long witch hunt and the rancor of our politics and Antifa and everything they've been doing, that we actually had an opportunity last weekend to just celebrate the fact that we get to be here. We get to live in this country. We get to worship and be free. And that was amazing. And no, I'm not going to stop talking about it. And no, I'm not going to stop being excited about it. And for people who are Debbie Downers, who don't understand what just happened, you know, that's on you. And it's sad. It's sad for you. But not for me. I'm not going to be sad for you because you have problems that I can't help you with. That's that's really what it's all about. Um, so now Noah has prepared for I want to put over. I'm going to transition this over to the screen so you can see it. It is the Stacy on the right show chat room. He's actually made it look cute. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but there it is. Take a look at that. So everybody is using SOTR um, and then the number. But a lot of people have identified themselves. And so check this out. Um, Oh, somebody called me out for saying, talking out of the side of your neck. Yeah, I do like to say that. Um, And that Obamacare crushed part-time work. So check it out. And this is something we're going to do. Not that if you're not in the chat room, it's not that you're like not anything. But um, I like calling out my buddies who have been here Um, some of you, you've been here, you've been around a while and some of you are newer, but you love to come in the chat room and put in comments. And I love that. 
Um, and I really wish people would be here at StacyOnTheRight.com. I think it's it's a great way for us to kind of um, pay back the media who they regularly tamp down on me. They use their algorithms to prevent me from speaking to all these people. I've spent six or seven years building up these followings on Twitter and Facebook, and they only show a tenth of the people that I've actually like worked hard to reach. They should show about a tenth of them my content. And so over here at StaceyOnTheRight.com, there are no algorithms. You just, if you're here and you're in the chat room, I can see you. If you click on something on the blog, I can see that later on when I go in my, in my metrics. Um, and Smoke said his favorite plane is the A-10 Warthog. I love that. I love that plane. But I'm kind of one of those, you know, some people, they, they really don't have stuff they don't like. When it comes to jets and stuff, I'm about it. Um, I spent almost four years working on an Air Force base. And I can tell you there wasn't much, I, I couldn't find anything I didn't like about it. I loved hearing the sound of jets all the time. I loved bumping into pilots that were in my squadron um, at the BX. And sometimes they'd say hi and sometimes they wouldn't. But I, I love just the fact that I knew that we worked, like I work on the reports for your aircraft. So <laughs> I loved all of that. Um, okay, so we've gotten a little off topic, but thank you so much to Noah for giving us a nice picture of what our chat room looks like over there. It's super cool. So now, I just actually grabbed the wrong one. Um, so now I want to talk about the scary details on California's new K through 12 sex ed program. And uh, it's gross. Okay. So let's just run through it real quick. The California Board of Education and Planned Parenthood um, and the ACLU have created and implemented a progressive sex education and gender theory agenda. And you heard me interview Kara Davis, who lives in California and is an activist. She's actually editor at large at Red State. Um, and she's been going on Fox Nation a lot, doing a lot of TV out there in California. Really happy for her. Um, she says, the sim- similar to this reporting over at thedailycaller.com, and all of these links are in the show notes at listen.stacyontheright.com. If you want the show notes, you want to be able to click through these links, just head over there. Um, it says, students are shown sexually explicit content from kindergarten through 12th grade. Topics include fisting blood play, masturbation, oral sex, and more. And this is without the parental knowledge or consent for people who, honestly, this is what's so gross about this. Parents who don't pay close attention aren't even aware that their kids are going to be exposed to this. They'll learn about it when their kid brings home a worksheet or when their kid starts talking about it at dinner. And you know how it is with the kindergartners. They'll be like, ew, today we learned. And the parents will be like, you what? Maybe that will be enough to wake some of these people up and get them to get involved in these schools. So both of the education pieces, their man, their, their mandates, um, AB 329 in 2016, and then the recently introduced health education framework, which was introduced in May, um, both of these pieces of education legislation mandate that school districts require sex ed and encourage students to question their parents on sexual topics. They will explore these topics in kindergarten through 12th grade, and there is no opt-out. The bill aims to teach K through 12 students how to ward off HIV and STDs, to teach healthy attitudes towards sexual orientation, gender, and relationships. In other words, to teach kids that your mom and dad have told you you're a boy, but you could be anything. Gender is what's between your ears, not what's between your knees. That kind of nonsense. That's what they're going to teach the kids. They want to promote the understanding of sexuality as a normal part of human development. What parent teaches their kid that that's not true? I've never taught my kids that sex wasn't normal. I taught them that it belongs in the bounds of marriage. We've been talking about anatomy, physiology, and human sexual interaction since the kids first asked me. I remember our daughters. Miles uses the bathroom with different parts than we have. I'm like, oh, does he? When did you notice? I walked in and he was using the bathroom standing up. I'm like, oh, really? What? Why is he doing that? I'm like, well, he's like your dad. He's a boy and he's going to grow into a man. And men, this is this is common knowledge. I hope nobody gets offended. Men have penises and women have vaginas. That's what I said to the kids. And then they were like, oh, <laughs> I mean, one of them was, I think, three or four when she said that. And she was like, oh, oh, I see. And then she just went on about her business. No further questions. And 
I went that route because I remember growing up, we had all these euphemisms for the, the body parts. And if you didn't use the correct euphemism, then kids on the playground would make fun of you. And I just remember thinking to myself, I wonder what the proper name is. And when I asked my mom and she told me, I was like, well, why are we calling it this thing? Why are we doing that? She was like, well, that's just what we called it when we were growing up. Our parents taught us to call it that. And I made up my mind as a kid. I was like, well, I'm just going to always call it what it is. And that's what I did with our kids. So we've been talking about this since they were little kids and they now all know the parts and they know that this is supposed to be the marital bed function, not something their teacher is teaching them how to do deviant activities at school. And if you're not teaching that to your kids, you're falling down on the job. Let's get to talking. All right, we'll be right back. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hey everybody, Rachel Ray here. Nothing brings a bigger smile to my face than cooking up a big meal for the whole family and lots of friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in our country who struggle with hunger. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids. But they can't do it without your help. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Hey, guys. <laughs> uh, if you're asking about the promos in Spanish, we so we have a bank of promos that we can pull from, and it looks like we pulled, we selected a couple that were not English only. So. Uh, <laughs> over the break, I was sitting here listening, like, whoa. We have one kid who speaks a little bit of Spanish. Um, she's had Spanish one through three or something of that nature. So, yeah, um, forgive that. We're we that won't be happening a ton, but it did just happen. So, uh, <laughs> super fun. Um, so listen. Um, in the big scheme of things here, uh, we we have so much stuff to cover. I don't know if we're going to get to all of it, but let's, let's, let's go straight to the Afro future music festival is charging white people double the ticket price. And then we'll get to wrong path McGrath. So, um, 
and I also talked about this story about quitting alcohol being good. So first off, the Afro Afro Future Music Festival in Detroit is charging white people double the price for a ticket compared with people of color in a move they claim will ensure marginalized groups are given an equitable chance at enjoying events in their own community. <laughs> so the festival is scheduled to pl- take place August 3rd. And on the online ticketing area where you can buy your ticket, it says that white people, or as they're referred to on the website, non-persons of color can buy early bird tickets for 10 bucks compared with the other price for people of color. For those who are purchasing tickets closer to the event, white people pay 40 and people of color pay 20. So the early bird ticket for a white person is $20. And for black people or anyone of color, it's $10. So basically the white people have to pay twice as much to go to the same concert, whether they buy the early bird ticket or the ticket at the door. The organizers of the event have actually put an explainer on their website for the reasons behind their discriminatory system. It's under the frequently asked questions section of the website. Now, it's unclear how they're going to validate who's white and who's like not white, because as we all know, I've had friends before who were black who looked pretty white, Um, like you weren't sure. And then I have seen on TV people who are they're they're white but they say they're black this this is a this is a thing like it's not always just obvious so the page reads why do we have poc people of color and non-poc white people tickets i'm glad you asked equality means treating everyone the same equity is ensuring everyone has what they need to be successful Our ticket structure was built to ensure that the most marginalized communities, people of color, are provided with an equitable chance at enjoying events at their own community, Black Detroit. So Zuby, who makes Zuby music, tweeted out festival charging different prices based on race. And this is so disgusting. He says, well done, intersectional radicals. You become the very racist you claim to stand against. So woke. So very woke. Another artist who was scheduled to appear at the festival named she's mixed race and her name is Tiny Jag. She pulled out of the event in protest and demanded that her name would be removed from all their promotional material. She says, I was immediately enraged just because I'm biracial. I have family members that would have under those circumstances been subjected to something that I would never want them to be in, especially not because of anything that I have going on. And she gave this quote to the Detroit Metro Times. Jag continued, it's non-progressive and it's non-solution focused in my eyes. It seems almost like it has a spite. And unfortunately, with spite comes hate. And that's just not obviously going to be a good direction for us to go in if we're looking for positive change. Now, let me make one more thing. One more thing very clear. There are questions over the legality of such a pricing system. And, you know, shock face, right? It's the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Title II, which states that all persons will be entitled to the full and equal enjoyment of the good services, facilities, privileges, advantages, and accommodations of any place of public accommodation as defined in this section without discrimination or segregation on the ground of race, color, religion, or national origin. The act goes on to define places of public accommodation as including any motion picture house, theater, concert hall, sports arena, stadium, or other place of exhibition or entertainment. Okay, so remember back in 2016, we covered this on the air back then. The Cinderblock Comedy Festival in New York offered women, people of color, and specifically LGBT folks discounted tickets for the event while straight white men were asked to pay the full price. Now, again, don't don't white women have sons? Their sons are white and they're going to grow up to be men. Why would anyone support this? Just like I wouldn't support special pricing um, for black men or black boys that would discriminate against my daughters and myself this is ludicrous if it's if there's to be any discrimination it should be you want to be close to the stage then you're going to pay more for that you want to have you know uh access to the back you know where the vip section where you can shake hands and take a picture with the artist you're going to pay extra for that but to charge white people more for a festival that like 
if if I was somebody who was being charged more, I would just say this isn't the festival for me. Why should I pay twice as much for my ticket for something I didn't have any control over? Because last I checked, you just wake up, you've been born, and you didn't choose to be born to a white family or a black family. You don't choose that stuff. You just are whatever God made you. But these people don't believe in that stuff. So, you know, God being what you were made, all that, all that goodness. Um, so let's quickly just run through. If you want to see the epic takedown, instant takedown, also instant gratification, wrongpathmcgrath.com, wrongpathmcgrath.com. It's scary where she'd take Kentucky as the tagline. They have her up in a video with AOC and Elizabeth Warren flanking her. They say she would be a radical left turn for Kentucky. I don't know that I'm different from the Democratic Party National. That's a quote from Amy McGrath. I mean, they got her. They got her good. I felt like something sucker punched me when Trump won. The only feeling that comes close to it is the feeling I had after 9-11. Amy McGrath. Ooh, they got her going. So she is uh, also the same Amy McGrath who ran for the House in Kentucky and lost by three points. So she spent $8 million on that race. Her prospects are not that great to beat Mitch McConnell. You got to get up pretty early in the morning. Uh, to beat Mitch McConnell. Um, Let me me just say that to you. Um, Okay, so I also talked about this story, quitting alcohol may improve the mental well-being and health-related quality of life. Now, for some people, this is like a throwaway story because they're not going to quit drinking and they they don't see any uh, detrimental effects to their health. But this study is actually from the Canadian Medical Association Journal. And they're saying, and I'm not going to list off the names of the doctors. There's long, lengthy names, but... Um, They're coming from the School of Public Health, the State Key Laboratory of Brain and Cognitive Science, and the University of Hong Kong. So it's a bunch of different doctors and researchers who got together from across the world and and studied different population groups to see what impact alcohol use or non-use had on their mental health and well-being. The study included 10,386 people from the family cohort in Hong Kong who were non-drinkers or moderate drinkers, which is 14 drinks or less per week for men and seven drinks or less per week for women between 2009 and 2013. They compared their findings with data from the National Epidemiologic Survey on Alcohol and Related Conditions, which was a representative survey of 31,079 people conducted by the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism in the United States. So those two cohorts were the basis of the study. The mean age of the participants in the family cohort was 49 years and 56% were women. About 64% of the men were non-drinkers, abstainers, or former drinkers, and almost 88% of the women were non-drinkers. Men and women who were lifetime abstainers had the highest level of mental well-being at the start of the study, which was the baseline. And for women who were moderate drinkers or quit drinking, quitting was linked to a favorable change in mental well-being in both Chinese and American study populations. The results were apparent after adjusting for socio-demographic characteristics, body mass index, smoking status, and other factors. Global alcohol consumption is expected to continue to increase unless effective strategies are employed. So this is a quote from Dr. Nee, who was one of the researchers and doctors on the study. He says that our findings suggest caution and recommendations that moderate drinking could improve health-related quality of life. Instead, quitting drinking may be associated with a more favorable change in mental well-being, approaching the level of lifetime abstainers. So, it was published July 8th of 2019, and I think it's pretty interesting. And you can find that link at listen.stacyontheright.com in the show notes for the podcast, which goes live at 3 p.m. Or in today's case, <laughs> just a smidge after that. Uh, so that was pretty interesting to me. And you kind of take from it what you will. I felt like for my part, because I know somebody's got to be wondering, what happened with you? I felt like the Lord was saying to me, um, you don't need this because I used to drink dessert wine, Moscato, that type of stuff. Um, and I really enjoyed drinking it. Like it was, it was, it was something that I would do on the weekends, Friday night, Saturday night, I'd have a little bit. Um, and occasionally during the week, if I went out to like someone said, Hey, let's meet up and, you know, just kind of shoot the breeze over at, um, one of our local, there's a local place here that has great salads. We would go over there and sometimes people would be drinking, you know, drinks and I'd have a little glass of wine then or a glass of port like an old man. I know, but still I liked it. Um, and I felt like there were three different instances where the Lord was speaking to me that I didn't need it. 
And then I felt like, well, if I don't need it, why don't I just give it up? Just, you know, I'm not saying I'll never, ever drink again, but let's see if I give it up, if it makes a difference to me. What what benefit am I getting from it? I gave it up and it was not an issue. I mean, I, I thought about it maybe once or twice on a weekend where I was like, oh, I think I'll have, oh, no, wait, I'm not drinking Moscato anymore. So we, we still have wine at the house. Um, and if we have people over for dinner and they want a glass of Pinot Grigio, I have some of that here and I will pour them a glass happily. But I we don't have any for me to drink, the dessert wines that I was drinking. And I haven't missed it. Um, but I've, I've never been a beer drinker. And so, you know, it might be different for people who drink recreationally with other people where everyone's having a beer and you're wanting to have a beer as well. And I don't think the study is meant to make people feel guilty. It's just talking about the mental health and overall well-being. So how happy people feel. That's actually a good thing to kind of assess that. I want to go back to our chat room, which is kind of it's kind of cool over here. Um, oh, the site for this show notes is listen.stacyontheright.com. But it doesn't take you to stacyontheright.com. It takes you to the podcast site over at Fireside where we keep the show notes now. So if you've been here since, um, I don't know, if, if you've been, Madison, are you printing something? If you've been with the show since, um, so we have kids here and one of my kids is actually printing something. Um, on the printer. If you if you've been with the show since um, before, then you might remember us having. Um, so we we would have sometimes I would tweet the links out, and sometimes I would post on Facebook or not not well I would post on Facebook, but I would also post on StacyOnTheRight dot com, and there might be some links in the show notes, but it was not as regular. Well, this is something that happens every day, every time we do a show, and it, and. After the live stream, it's the podcast. It becomes a podcast, which is listen only, unless we've live streamed to Facebook and YouTube where you can go back and watch it. Then if you want to find the links from that show, you just click through to listen.stacyontheright.com. That takes you to it. And then you can click select the episode. You'll be listening to it. And you can see it says show notes. You can click on that. And all the links are there. When you click the link, it takes you straight to the article. You can read it for yourself, print it, tweet it, save it, whatever. Um, so that's uh, one of the, it's like a plus. I was turned on to this site by uh, Noah and it's called Fireside and it's a podcast site. Um, it's where he has his podcast, Ask Noah Show. So that's that's what that was from. Um, okay, so I'm looking in the chat room. <clears throat> Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So Noah gave the site in there as well. So, you know, that, that's, that's the whole of, of that whole thing there. Um, on the California sex ed curriculum, I just want to point out that one of the worst parts of this whole thing is that people who have kids helped pass that into law and people who know parents aren't aware that this is going on, they're going to use that ignorance to push this onto these young kids, these unsuspecting kids. And when I think about how our kids were when they were little, so disgusting. If you click through the link on dailycaller.com, they actually have instructions on mutual masturbation with pictures of people laying in the bed. Cartoons. It's disgusting and depraved. All right. Thanks for being here today.